G'day, guys. Uh, my name's Tim from Attention to Detail Podcast, and you're listening to a Yank on the Footy podcast with Craig. Uh, yeah, luckily enough to jump on and chat all things D's with him. Now in year number four, it's a Yank on the Footy with Craig Wessels. Let's all sit back and enjoy a chat about the greatest game on the face of the earth. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 229 of A Yank on the Footy. I'm Craig Wessels, coming from Sandusky, Ohio, and thanks for giving the episode a listen. This is the fifth episode in my previews that I am doing for all 18 sides for 2023. 16 of them are recorded. Two are still yet to be recorded, but are coming very, very soon. In a moment, I'm going to be joined by Tim Langley of the Attention to Detail podcast as we preview the Melbourne Demons for 2023. Now, ladies and gents, don't forget that if you are interested in having your local footy club get a shout-out during an upcoming episode, be sure to drop me a note via email, ayankonthefootygmail.com. You can reach out to me on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, uh, yank underscore on on Twitter, a yank on the footy podcast, or my name, Craig Wessels, on Facebook, or a yank on the footy over on Instagram as well. I love being able to highlight these clubs and learn a little bit about the geography of the game throughout Australia. And quite often I will use clubs that are playing in other parts of the world as well. Now, today's club of the episode, and this was one that uh, Tim had mentioned to me, and this is actually a Simos club, if I'm not mistaken, is a co-host on the podcast. And today's club is the Upway Tacoma Tigers. And the club was founded back in 1946 with Frank Harris serving as the first coach. And he also won the club's inaugural Best and Fairest in 1946 as well. The Tigers have a junior program as well as a senior program that is part of the Yarra Valley Mountain District Football League. And last year, if you had a parlay, and I don't know if you can do parlays in amateur football, uh, but if you had bet that uh, the best and fairest for Upway Tacoma was going to have the last name of Oates, you would have been right not once but twice because Bailey Oates was the senior men's best and fairest and Kiana Oates was the best and fairest on the senior women's team in 2022. And that senior women's side won their premiership in 2022. Now coming up on March the 5th from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., the junior club from Oskick up through age 14 is going to be hosting their community fun day at the Senior Football Ground on Chosen Avenue. And this is going to be an opportunity to meet the coaches, to get registered for 2023. They're going to be having a barbecue. They're probably not going to save a plate for me, unfortunately, but uh, I hope they have a grand time. And you be able to, you know, like I said, meet the coaches and uh, get yourself signed up for 2023. And I do wish the Tigers the absolute best of luck in 2023. Now let's go ahead and jump into my chat with Tim Langley from the Attention to Detail podcast. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for another one of our preview episodes, and I am thrilled to be joined by Tim Langley from the Attention to Detail podcast. And Tim, thanks for getting up this morning to sit down and chat, man, on your vacation. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Craig. Thanks so much for having us. It's uh, yeah, a pleasure to be on, and no, looking forward to chatting all things D's and looking ahead to this season. I'm I'm excited about it as well. I mean, this is, I, I think, yeah, I have not done my ladder prediction or anything like that yet but i i I realistically think that there are at least 14 clubs that could play finals this year and maybe you know maybe 15 if if you could make an argument for one here or there that might be in the bottom four yeah i think that that's possibly the case but uh 
you know, before we dive into talking about the, the, the men's comp for this year, you know, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't just kind of, you know, give a, a shout out for what, for somebody who's meant an awful lot to the game of, uh, of football with the D's and uh, Daisy Pierce and her hanging up her boots with the club. And what has she meant to the D's and what has she meant to football on a grander scale? Yeah, well, I think it's been, I mean, it, it sort of finished on a really fairy tale note, didn't it, with winning the premiership, um, the premiership captain. But I think it goes so, so much more than that. She really is the pioneer of of AFLW and, mm-hmm. and like, what are we in? That was the seventh season and, and then being such a face of that um, and being an ambassador for, um, for the game um, as it continues to grow. And I suppose over the seasons that it's, been continuing on we've watched the game grow we've watched the community grow around it and really get around it so she's definitely been a face of that and not only for you know young children sort of growing up as well too but I think also with her work into the AFL commentary side and doing her work with Channel 7 like she's just shown Mm -hmm. that um, she truly belongs uh, you know alongside um, some of the best commentators going around like her color analysts analytic stuff um, is amazing and no, I think she'll go down as, you know, one of those people that really put AFLW on the map and and not normalised it, but we've watched the game grow and, and watched right, crowds right. grow and all those sort of things. So it's um a tremendous achievement and she's, yeah, done so well for the Ds and been, been the face of that and, and to finish off with a flag is um is a, is a way to finish. And as, as we we're just chatting off there before, now heading into the coaching ranks over unfortunately down the hallway a little bit for your for your mob so um <laughs> she'll be she'll have plenty to do and i mean she's got family life as well too but she'll, right, right. she'll be in the game for a long time so do you do you see a a time maybe in the near future where she makes the jump from being the boundary reporter to actually calling the game up in the box do you think that's going to happen soon i'd like to think so um yeah yeah, I'd like to think so. It's sort of been, you know, a little bit of the old guard in there for so long um, with some of that commentary team. But I think she's she's more than proven, you know, mm-hmm. her worthy of, of being there. And I, I think having that on-field experience as well too. But she's so intelligent and being able to read the plays really well and, and yeah, gives great insight into the knowledge of the game. So it doesn't matter what form of the game that you've played. She, she certainly has shown that she belongs there. Right, right. So yeah, I I I wish her nothing but the best, and I th- I think she was a great steward for the game, and uh, and uh, I think she's gonna you know she's gonna do well for the game going forward. You know, whether it's in the coaching ranks or the announcing or both, as the case may be. So, are you ready to talk about your mob here today? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, let's so, um, yeah, you know, we look back at at twenty twenty two, and it didn't turn out the way you had hoped. Uh, it's, it was a, you know, bit of a, uh, a tough ending, you know, you followed up the premiership and, and yeah, you still have to be over the moon about that. That's something that that you're going to remember absolutely forever. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's just a, uh, it's, it was a, a solid season overall for the club, but it, it was one that ended prematurely with that loss to Brisbane at the end. Um, but. On the great grand scheme of things, what are your expectations this year? What are you What are you looking for? What you know, is it grand um, final or bust now? Uh, look, I'd like to think so. I still think that at our best, we're in the top two sides mm-hmm. in the competition. Uh, yeah, last year was was disappointing. I think not making excuses, but I think the um, 
just the prolonged final season and 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 obviously getting all the way to the end and, and having playing the grand final, winning the flag and probably having that slightly less um, time in the off season to sort of get yourself fit and ready. Like it's been widely talked about how hard it is to go back to back um, and yeah, to keep up that momentum and drive. And I know that they talked about wanting to play in a flag in front of Melbourne fans at the G. And obviously mm-hmm. that was one of the big things. Right, right. Um, one of those big parts that that wasn't quite there in 2021 um, as good as that was, but yeah, look, it has to be a top four finish at least Mm -hmm. this year. And if we don't get to a prelim, I think I'd be very disappointed. Um, I was disappointed last year, but I think we just honestly ran out of legs the second half of the season. You know, I think we probably got figured out a little bit. We looked a little bit tired and sluggish, even those first 10 games or we didn't, we didn't lose. We were still probably only running at sort of 70, 80%. You know, we were able to play quarter, quarter and a half and really kind of do enough to get a win. So Mm -hmm. banking wins, which is great. Don't get me wrong, but um, yeah, that second half of the season, we lost more games than we won. And yeah, I think, I think teams sort of just figured out how to play us a little bit better, just moving the ball a little bit quicker we got a bit predictable with our ball movement and our inability to score, I think, was a big reason um, why we could defend bloody well. And that's that's um, that was pretty clear with our defence. But, yeah, our inability to sort of get a score when we needed to yeah. was, I think, a, a, a big factor as well. Because I mean, there was a reliance on really, you know, a couple of players. You know, it was, you know, you're you're looking at you know Kazi Pickett, Bailey Frisch, or you know, and it's and you're kind of searching for okay, who's the other person that's going to come in and start scoring for us on a regular basis here? And, that's uh, exactly right. Yeah. You know, it, well, for, yeah. Go ahead. You're looking at your leading goal kickers. Like it, that's right. You got Fritch, who's been consistent for the last you know few years, kicked fifty plus. But then your next leading goal kick is Kazi Pickett, which you know he's an absolute jet. But I think the injury to Tom McDonald mm-hmm. really kind of through us a bit um in the last few rounds leading up to his injury like he was averaging over two two goals a game for, for i think between rounds eight and 12 so it's sort of shown that in 2021 we had the arrival of ben brown when he actually came in uh fit and firing halfway through the season how much that kind of straightened us up and sort right, of right. allowed our forward line to really move a little bit more fluidly whereas yeah we certainly missed that last year yeah it's it's uh it's I, I think yeah, I think it is safe to say with the talent that your club has, if if it's not a top four, at least a top four finish, I, you, there's probably gonna be some disappointment there because of because of just what your list looks like. And you know, and 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 again, you know, you look back at the end of last year, you know, you know, Petraka's leg injury did not yeah, I I wonder if it was actually a lot worse than than maybe we were led to believe. Um, that, you know, that it was, you know, cause he didn't necessarily look like himself quite a bit out there, but you know, that name is, you know, you're not going to pull him out of the lineup. I mean, because it's not, it's, uh, you're, these are the, I, I think they're the toughest athletes on the planet. And I, and I'm as somebody who's watched, you know, the NFL my entire life, you know, we got a lot of padding on, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm, you know, it's, I, I think these guys are the toughest guys on the planet and, and gals in, in the women's comp. So, I mean, I, but it's. When you said they kind of ran out of gas, I think that that is not a bad way to look at it because you know you also had the situation where you know the 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 stuff that went on with Stephen May kind of threw a little bit of a monkey wrench in the defense last year because you're taking arguably one of the top 
two defenders in the entire comp. And here, sure, you can make out you know, the debate can happen. Stephen May, Tom Stewart, Tom Stewart, Stephen May. I mean, they're they're both up there, one A, one B, if you will, um, depending upon the week. But you know that that I don't know how much tumult that actually caused within the club either. Did that become That's a distraction? Right. Do you think? Uh, look. It'd be interesting to know, I suppose, internally about what it did because externally, you know, media-wise, like they had a field day with it. Mm-hmm. Of course, it would, you know, brought up time and time again, and and it's not a good look. And I completely understand that if if you got players out there and and whatever happened, you know, in terms of, um, you know, giving stick to each other about not playing in a flag, um, or you you know, I suppose using the fact that they're playing, they're not playing seniors footy. Um, as as a bit of a jab towards each other, it's it's not a great look. And then yeah, the violence and stuff that came of it, and it did. Like Maisie, he's proven like he's in our top two probably mm-hmm. most important players. Um, as much as we've got a lot of talent in there in terms of importance to structure, as you mentioned, like it's he's our he's our he's our quarterback. Like he we could we could cover him for a game or so. That's fine. But I think right. what do we miss? You know, um, I'm. It ended up being he um, missed a few last year. If I'm it not missed mistaken. a few, yeah, and it really, it really sort of hurt us. And it was around about that time of the bye where, yeah, um, yeah, it, it really sort of let us down. And unfortunately, whether they like to acknowledge it or not, I, look, I don't think it's the sole reason. It would have been a bit of disruption, but mm-hmm. whether internally, how much it sort of um, disrupted any of the chemistry between some of that backline or the players' trust with each other. Um, You'd like to think the towards the back end of the season, it it seemed like we were all all in it together. Like you know, right, it didn't right. seem to sort of phase them too much. Um, but yeah, it's look, it certainly would have been something. Um, yeah, I had a I had a sure. I had a ninety minute uh, conference period, teacher plan period at the end of the day. So I I was actually re, you may not want to hear this, but I was rewatching the uh, the Brisbane game at the end of the season, uh, at the end, at the end of the school day today. So I watched the first three quarters of it again, you know, and I, I know the outcome, but I just, I went, 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 just wanted to go back and watch it again and just kind of refresh it in my mind there. Uh, we're not going to rehash it. Don't worry. But, uh, <laughs> but you know, I, what, what, what signs are you going to be looking for that are going to cause you to kind of go, Oh, this is not quite going the way we had hoped. Uh, yeah. Looking for this year. Well, I think, uh, I really think that a lot, a big difference that we probably dropped off in last year was our, you know, our full pressure. That was such a, such a big, um, you know, a big uh, trademark of our game. It was how, you know, be able to cr- create that chaos, make it really difficult for teams to get the ball outside of their defensive 50. Mm-hmm. Um, we dropped well off um, in that tackles inside 50 and that full pressure Um you know, we got our small forwards like Cozy Pickett, Alex Newbull, and Charlie Spargo. All those guys that were sort of just doing the little, the little things like that defensively. Um, in 2021, we dropped off like at some points last season we were ranked like second last for you know 450 pressure. Um, whereas it was it was the you know a flip of the tables really from 2021. So I think we need like in terms of wanting to see where we need to improve. It's certain that like the full pressure has to be brought back up. Um, in terms of that intensity. And I think they would have realized that surely as being a big thing, being able to create scores off turnovers. Like we've we've seen like in those Brisbane and, and Fremantle games at the back end of the season where we did have a bit of a lull and then we we had a big win against a relatively, you know, um, contending club. So, and we were able to, yeah, really cause a lot of turnovers with that full pressure. So getting back to that, um, 
we need that forward line structure as well too. Like with a mm-hmm. fit Tom McDonald, I think whether it's him, Jacob Van Royen has been, you know, flagged as not not the saviour, but an exciting young player from Western Australia who, you know, was a rookie last year. Nearly, it was emergency in the last four games of the season, including the semi-final. So mm-hmm. he's been on the cusp. I got down to training a couple of weeks ago. He is extremely exciting just watching him train. He's put on a lot of size. So whether it's, uh, you know, seeing Ben Brown might be sort of edged out potentially if Tom McDonald sort of hits his strap. So, but as I said, sort of prior to that before, we need, we really need to get back to scoring aggressively and, and having a forward line that's moving into space. Um, Yeah. Like, the inability to score easily last year, I think, really hurt us. So we need, yeah, full pressure, scoring ability. Our defense is fine. Our clearance work will be fine. The midfield will mm-hmm. be fine. Um, yeah. The Brody Grundy thing will be obviously a big talking point as well. Yeah, too. I was going to ask so, you about that because that's you know you're 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 you shipped out or he he decided to go home back to back to Fremantle with Luke Jackson. You know, a a, a young man who was extraordinarily athletic. And significant, you know, okay, I'm going to be 60 later this year. So it really, it really makes me want to just slap myself in the head when I say, when, you know, somebody who's a little bit older and, and, and somebody who's, you know, young enough to be my, my kid, you know, much, you know, significant, you know, cause I've got kids younger than him, but uh, it's just, you know, so you know, somebody who's played a number of years in the comp, who's coming off of a pretty significant, you know, foot injury. You know, I, I was going to ask you what, what is the, the difference in style that's going to be played with Luke Jackson and now with Brody Grundy, because I don't think they're the same type player. They're, they're not the same type player, but I I think they envision him sort of slotting into Luke Jackson's role kind of seamlessly. Mm-hmm. I think, um, you know, with Grundy prior to the injury, like throughout his career, he's been renowned for being um, very versatile around the ground. Mm-hmm. Not so much as a goal scorer, but I suppose neither was Luke Jackson um, at that sense. With Jackson, you probably had that little bit more aerobic ability of being able to play in the midfield, I guess. You know, like right, you're able right. to see him run, um, you know, sort of provide a bit of more run and carry and, and you know, almost act as, as another midfielder in there. I don't quite see Grundy fitting exactly that mould, but I think that between him and Gorn being able to cover the entire ground um, between them, I think will be a huge, huge asset. Um, Mm -hmm. Look, the critics are going to be out, you know, everyone's going to be out to judge them after round one. And which I think, which I think, no. And I think all D supporters and, and most people would understand that it's going to take a number of games for them to sort of figure out what, you know, how it's going to look, but I think, yeah. To replace, we spoke to Jason Taylor um, just prior to the draft. We spoke to him after, uh, oh, sorry, prior to the trade period, and he said, "Look, their their biggest, um, you know, their biggest goal was to come to replace the top end talent that I mm-hmm. suppose they were losing in, in Luke Jackson." And I think you know, think of other players that are out there, like they've done the best to try and get a like for like replacement for him, somebody who's still got you know a few good years of footy ahead of him, who's right, got right. you know. A, talented career behind him uh yeah it'll be i think they won't change the game plan too much but it'll just be a bit of transitioning time for sure Mm -hmm. so when you were at training the other day and i have to ask you this because you've actually been to melbourne games in person because i've often wondered about this but is there only one max gone on the ground at a time 
because when um, I watch when I watch games, it's it's like it's like <laughs> it you know at one second he's he's you know in the goal square on on the, in the forward fifty, and then five seconds later he's in he he's inside the defensive fifty, and I'm like, how the hell did he get there so fast? He is <laughs> everywhere on the ground. He is, he is, and I think it's been it's just a it, look. It's a testament to him in terms of his work rate and I suppose mm-hmm. how he leads on and off the ground. But I think his um, his work ethic in terms of getting himself fit and I think it's probably of a few years ago where he probably really focused on his, um, yeah, you know, on his aerobic ability, I suppose, to be able to run out games and become a lot fitter. And I think he was coming like second in time trials and stuff. But you watch some of the uh, off-the-ball vision of him getting, as you mentioned, just getting back, just doing – Doing the little things in terms of being able to run out games. I mean, he's been extre- he's been extremely durable. Um, you know, given besides the start of his career where he had the couple of knees, um, he's been extremely durable, and I think that's a credit to him being yeah. being able to sort of focus on areas where he can really impact the game all over the ground. And, and running is, as you said, just covering that ground like he's yeah, he's, he's know, everywhere. It, I'm, I'm just yeah. I'm amazed by that, and and. And it's and I guess maybe I need to pay more attention to you know some of the other rucks. You know, you see some you see some of them that don't move nearly as well as he does. Yeah, that that they're they're in the midfield. They might they might get you know close to the the the, the fifty meter arc at both ends to you know to work on you know trying to for the hitouts and that sort of thing. But it's you know it they're not deep in the fifty like like he is at both ends. So, I mean, you're right. It is a credit to him. It, it's you know you got to tip your cap to to somebody who has you know, that skill set and just he must have amazing lung capacity just to, to be able to do that sort of thing. It's just, it's, he must have very tall lungs. If you yeah, will. And, yeah, I bet. <laughs> and I also think he's like, and he, look, he might not be the sole one, but you think back to 10 years ago where Ruckman probably weren't as appreciated or weren't as recognized in the game as being mm-hmm. so important. But now we're, we're witnessing this revolution where, you know, you've gone from having maybe a ruckman or for more of an athlete in the in the middle that can kind of do a bit of everything to now most teams deploying two ruckmen. And I know when Melbourne lost the prelim in 2018 and then went out and got Braden Proust from North Melbourne to trial this two rucks because mm-hmm. um, you know, we struggled with the height against West Coast. And like that obviously didn't work because they didn't yet. Yeah, they, those two just didn't quite complement each other. You know, Braden Proust is, you know, a huge human being. But then you, you, you're watching now, like most teams, look to have two ruckmen who can work with each other. I mean, you know, Craig, like last year for you guys, I mean, you just found the right combination that mixed between Stanley and Blitzarves and, right, right. and you were able to utilise that into a winning formula. And I think the Ds sort of did that the prior year with Jackson and Gorn. So... I think now, I think Max has certainly got a role to play in terms of the revolution of the Ruckman and how it's changed in the last decade of footy. But um, I, I think he will. I think he has to also go down as one of the greatest Ruckman to play the game as well, too. Not I, only I, for the I, club, but I the, think he does. I mean, I, I think he does. You might hear a little thunder in the background. We have a thunderstorm going on here right now. So <laughs> if the power cuts off, I'm not hanging up on you. I just want you to know that. Um, good. So you know, looking at your fixture for this year, you know, you, you start off with an interesting start to the year. I mean, you start off with the Bulldogs and then Brisbane and then Sydney. So, I mean, that's, that is, a, you know, a bit of a gauntlet right there in the first three, you know, first three weeks. And then you got West coast and, you know, Essendon and which Essendon club is going to show up, <laughs> you know, yeah. you know the, the one that, that competed with, with clubs 
a few times this past year, the one that you wondered, are they playing the same sport? <laughs> so, so it's, 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 it's a, uh, you're going to be battle tested after those first three weeks for sure. Absolutely. We definitely sure are. There. Yeah. I you think we'll, we'll see. I think I spoke to, um, yeah, I think to Donnie last week and then also in our, um, we did a Christmas episode, but I think I said that if we're not, I think four and one would be a pass mark, but mm-hmm. I think we know how important fast starts are for clubs in terms of banking early season wins. And, you know, you don't want to be looking at you know two and three or one and four. Um, there's some good sides of there, as you said, but I think Bulldogs, who knows what Bulldogs are going to show up. Uh, I think that's, they've, that, uh, that's fair. I mean, they've, yeah. they've escaped criticism um, the last couple of years, I think in terms of coming off a grand final appearance and then right, not right. even, or just making the eight last year. So, um, yeah. No, I, I do. I do think their I do think their midfield stacks up pretty well against yours. But but they were they had a, they had very similar situation that you guys had in terms of finding enough people to actually put the ball through the sticks. True. You know, there was there was there was a lot of you know dependence upon you know Cody Waitman and and such. And it's yeah, you know, that's that's a club. Of the, if if you know Eugle Hagen takes the next step forward, maybe that solves a big problem for them. And I hope it does because I just, I, just well. I put it, yeah. yeah, and Rory Lott. I just, because I just put Hugo Hagen on my uh, super coach team. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <so. laughs> Killed us too last year. That that game, he, yeah, he smashed us as well. Yeah. He's exciting. You know, and then, you know, your, your double up games this year, again, a bit of a mixed bag. Again, you know, you got Hawthorne and North Melbourne, but then you've got Brisbane, Sydney, and then Richmond and Carlton. So, you know, a couple, big slug fests that are going to be happening there, but you know, four, six of those eight games are going to be happening in town. So that's a good thing. So you're going to have your, your supporters there. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, of the big ones, of course, yeah. And same with North and with, with Hawthorne as well. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm guessing that, that yes, you got to still play the games, but those are two that you, you might be thinking four points. Uh, you may be thinking that right now. Uh, <laughs> Told you, yeah, I'd, I'd like to right think there. so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's uh, who are who are you most excited to see this year? What what player can you? And maybe it's somebody that's been with the club for a while. Maybe it's somebody who you think is going to take the next step forward. Who are you just like? I cannot wait till round one to see this person out there. Uh, yeah. It, look, it, it's it's a tough one. It's probably in terms of somebody that. Maybe somebody that hasn't played a game yet. I don't know whether they'll blood him in round one, but as I mentioned before, I think Jacob Van Ruin, everybody's sort of uh, very eager to see what he can do at a senior mm-hmm. level. Like he he really had a strong second half um, of, the, of the season last year in, in the VFL. And as I mentioned, was was knocking at the door for senior selection in those last few games. I'm I'm really excited to see him. I'm really excited to see what they do with Cozzy Pickett as well too, I think this year in terms of it, like he's, He's been hitting the weights a little bit in terms of putting on some size and, and looking maybe to play a bit more midfield minutes as well. Like we've seen him attend most center bounces at the start of a game, I think for the last, probably nearly the last two seasons now, but it's sort of only a thing at the start of the very first quarter and then goes back into his sort of forward pocket mm-hmm. role. So I'm sort of interesting to see him. He's such an elite ball user. And I think it probably, 
because he's not a high possession winner as well too. You know, there's games where he might only touch the ball a few times, but he still has that impact in being able to, you know, apply apply pressure, you know, with some bone crunching tackles or his pressure acts, just his ability to chase as well. But I think getting him to the midfield as well too just gives us a bit of a different look. Uh, I think that'll be really exciting to see him, okay. um, how, how they use him this year as well to maybe mix it up a little bit. Okay. So, um, you know, looking at the, uh, at the club, you know, so you mentioned, you know, Van Ruin is possibly, at, and I'm looking at, you know, his, his numbers there size wise, you know, he's the same height as Stephen May, 193 centimeters. Now he's about almost nine kilos lighter. So he's got, I'm, I'm doing the math in my head right now. So he's about 20 pounds lighter. Um, you know, I've been, I've been keeping track of the, the kilos and such. I've been losing weight for, I'm down since August of 21, I'm down almost 57 kilos. So. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Congratulations. So I'm, that's I'm, huge. I'm trying to, yeah. No, I was huge. Now I'm trying, now I'm trying to be smaller. <laughs> well, sorry, that's, that's an amazing <laughs> effort. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well I still, done. I still have another, you know, I don't have a set number, but I think I, I think I've got about another thirty-five or so that I want to go, maybe forty. Yeah, wow. Yeah, just you know, I tell my students, I said, someday I'm just going to come into class and I'm just going to poof and disappear. You're going to ask where the heck I went. <laughs> I don't think it'll be that, quite that bad, but you know, it's. I think you know, if you're this excited about him as somebody who's following this game, you know, this is somebody who could kind of step in there and you know, right alongside May, and then maybe in a couple of years, fill that role. You know, because he, he's 31 right now. He he is. I think Well, he, he has been a bit of a swingman, uh, you know, in his junior career. I think the club sort of envisions him potentially playing, you know, more so playing forward, but I guess he's got that ability mm-hmm. to play either positions. I think defensively, we, you know, we've got Harrison Petty, who's, who's is forming a nice little, um, you know, apprenticeship underneath May and Lever down mm-hmm. the back. And I think if the time when, when May moves on, it, it might be... Um, it might be, yeah, petties to to move into that role. But they've also, with the draft this year, they've really addressed, they've really gone after key position players as well too. So um, I think Will Verrill uh, and Jed Adams, you know, they've sort of focused on ruck forwards and backs. So just, as you said, between him, Max has just turned 31 as well too. Right, um, right. And then Ben Brown and Tom McDonald up the front aren't, you know, aren't spring chickens either. So, um, yeah trying now, to look to I have there. to ask does Jake Lever have the best mustache in footy oh look I, I'd like to think so I don't know if <laughs> any other supporters would agree with me there's there's a few good ones out there I mean like you know Tom Libertori haven't had a very yeah. good one for a long time um but I think he shaved his off well I think he shaved off for charity or something like that recently um but no and I think it, it fits the mold of uh you know his nickname, Rick Lever. It just, it just all, it, it just all encapsulates his, <laughs> his persona and stuff as well too. So it's funny seeing a fresh-faced Jake Lever on any past photos. Yeah, with yeah. He, he looks like like a little like one of those uh, almost like a, like a cartoon character villain almost. Like he could start to twist <laughs> twist the end of it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. No, Mister Bond, I expect you to die. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So yeah, what what is your what is your bold prediction for this year? What, what, you know, maybe it's about the club, maybe it's about a specific player. What's, what's something that you think is going to happen that maybe other people don't think is going to happen? Oh, all right. Well, I won't, I won't put Van Royen in this one because I've talked about him too much. I think, uh, I think maybe we see Christian Petrarca um, kind of really solidify himself as, uh, 
a, more of a scoring threat this year. Like we okay. know that like his his accuracy last year sort of let him down. I think he kicked it's like twenty four goals, thirty one. So like he had plenty of shots. Um, in you know in the side that that was sort of heavily heavily reliant on. Um, so they're medium-sized forwards as well too. But I think if we see Petrarca average, you know, a goal and a half a game, I think he sort of takes that next step as well too and relieves a little of the pressure of some of our forward line as well too. Like we know the damage that he can do in the midfield, mm-hmm. but I think he's such a good user of the ball and he gets great scoring opportunities. I mean, one-on-one, he's winning most contests, his aerobic abilities of, you know, like his, I hate to say it, his basketball background, like his his leaps and stuff. He's, he's just such a strong player that one-on-one get him in the full pocket i think that if he can sort of add that to being a consistent threat up forward and, and averaging over a goal a game i think that takes him to the next level as well okay now i i know we have to stop here and we have to mention you know that scott pendlebury has a basketball background also <laughs> that ha- that has to i think that contractually <laughs> does anyone any, know that i don't know i don't know <laughs> we know it over here so so again it must be fairly common knowledge over there as well then so the the 2023 season has come to an end after whatever round it happens to be for the deeds. What is the headline in the Herald sun about the deeds after their last game? <laughs> after the last game. Oh, that's the headline. Oh. Now keep on, keep in mind. Robo is going to be the one writing it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh. Um, <laughs> Oh, I don't know. Is it is it bad to go like D's deliver once again or something like that? I don't know. Like I, I could see us. Look, I, I'd like to think that that last game we play is the grand final. Um, and look, most likely against your mob as well too. Uh, I, but, I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> no. May, may I may I tweak it a little bit with to, to, yes. to stay with the newspaper theme? D's home delivery. Since nah, they, since nice they taking it at the MCG there. So yeah. a little, little home <laughs> delivery there. So that, that might work then for you then. So um, who do you see, you know, in the rest of the comp, who do you see possibly making a jump into the eight that wasn't there this year? And who do you think could possibly slide out of the eight? Um, I think Carlton's got to be the big one, doesn't it? Like, I mean, it was almost comedic um, at the end of last year where they, they didn't yeah. think so. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, but I think they've got they've got talent. It's yeah. just about, and I think um, you know Michael Voss has sort of proven you know in his first year about how much like you know Blues they've had probably the right group of players for a couple mm-hmm. of years, but it was just about you know I guess getting the right mentality. And I think Voss easily had his impressions, you know, had his impacts come almost straight away. They play some pretty. Attacking fast footy. I think they they make it into the top eight. Uh, I think anyone that drops out, um, Bulldogs don't convince me. I know. Look, I think they're just too up and down. I mean, honestly, I think a coaching change is probably like Bevo just signed a, a contract extension. But I well, think as St. Ask St. Kilda, that doesn't mean a damn thing anymore. No, no, <laughs> that's true. That's right. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so I, I, look, I'm not sure that the dogs. Gold Coast will be interesting one as well to watch. Like they've, they've had really, I suppose they played probably their one of their best seasons last year, mm-hmm. and you know they really do have some terrific players that probably don't get the recognition because because they're Gold Coast because they're not a Victorian club, but also um, 
you know, like Took Miller is only probably just getting the recognition that he deserves now. Right, and, right. and he's such a top end talent. And they they obviously missed Ben King um, oh, yeah. Yeah. the entire season. So having him back as well too, potentially um, they could be a smoky one as well too to, to sort of pop back in. But yeah, besides that, I don't see West Coast making a big jump. Last year was a bit of an anomaly for them. Uh, yeah, they won't be so. as uh, they won't be as bad as what they were. But I don't know whether they make the jump into the top eight. But as you mentioned at the top of the episode, I think it is like I, I suppose the exciting um, part of being just you know a neutral supporter of footy and watching any game mm-hmm. is that the competition now so even given where it was probably 10, 15 years ago, where. You know, you've got a team like Collingwood that did the leap last year, and which is exciting. And and don't get me wrong, I, I've grown up absolutely hating Collingwood, but I suppose you couldn't, you couldn't uh, not sort of get caught up in the romance of it a little yeah. bit. And I suppose um, you had, to, you you had know, to appreciate it, yeah, absolutely, yeah. yeah. And again, like you're watching another first year coach, Craig McRae, having having a huge impact mm-hmm. on on a young group and um, a young group with a mix of vets. But uh, you know, I think that them. Um, them getting as far as they did and, and really being so close to, you know, you know, not, not too far. They probably played their best game against you guys and and then um probably ran out of gas a little bit then. But yeah, that's, that's probably, I mean, Freo, I think are going to be up there. Sydney, a, a, a incredible side. Um, Brisbane will be interesting to see how they bounce back as well too. I mean, I didn't think that they were top four, um, in the top four best size last year. I think, you know, they obviously beat us, but yeah, it'd be like they get Josh Dunkley, you know, it'd be interesting to see what they, how they sort of and, deploy him. And a, and a and, whole year of Hipwood, you know, Hipwood being healthy for a full season can't hurt them also. Cause he didn't come back until what the last four, four rounds of the season. I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Something, they, something. Yeah. And then seeing what Dan, like, you know, will, will the real Dan, Joe Danaher, you know, please stand up, you know, so let's see what, what, what's going to happen with him. So that's a good point too. Yeah. Mm. So are you ready for a little bit of D's trivia before we wrap up? I'll, I'll try and be, I could embarrass okay. myself here, but <laughs> well, you know what? I, 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 I will, I will simply just say if if you're, you know, if you're right or you're wrong, and I'll give you the correct answer. I'm not not yeah, here to no, embarrass you. Good. These are this is purely <laughs> for recreational purposes only. Okay, sounds good. Uh, so these six D's averaged over 20 disposals per game last year, and they all played at least 22 games. Okay. Um, all right. So you want me to name them? Yeah. So there'd be Clayton Oliver, mm-hmm. Christian Petrarca. Mm-hmm. Ed Langdon. Yep. Um, Angus Brayshaw in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So that's four. Yep. Uh, Jack Varney, definitely. That's five. Yes. You've got five. And and this one, oh, this gosh. one surprised me a little bit. I th- I thought it did anyway. Top position winner. It's a lot of the ball. Oh. I mean, I'm tempted to say, I'm tempted to say Max, but I, I don't know if that's him or not, if it's another on ball or not. First and last name <laughs> begin with the same letter. First and last name begin with the same letter. Um... First and last name. He's thinking hard, folks. I know this is a <laughs> podcast. Okay, your your machine is still working oh, properly. <laughs> yeah. All right, no, no, 
oh, 23 games. Who would it be? I mean, it's going gonna, it's gonna to annoy me now. But no, nah, well, I will I tell it. you. James Jordan? Yeah. James Jordan? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Simo's going to kill me. It's like his favorite player. So <laughs> I, should, I should have known that. Yeah. Well, he, he would have known it had he been here, right? <laughs> he would have known it. Yeah. Okay. So, Simo, yeah. that one was for you. That's your fault. You didn't get it right because <laughs> he wasn't here. So, which D senior coach coached more finals games, Neil Danaher or John Northey? Ooh. Uh, uh, Northy, I don't really know. Don't really know much about his time. I mean, Danaher was when I was growing up, mm-hmm. and when he got ninety, uh, was it ninety six to ninety eight to two thousand? Oh, I'm going to say Danaher because that's what I I know we're up and down. But yeah, okay. well, Danaher had twelve and Northy had thirteen, so that probably wasn't oh. a terribly fair question to ask. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's right, fifty fifty. Yeah. Uh, which D had the lowest disposal efficiency percentage for 2022? Oh, the lowest. <laughs> oh. Is it a surprise? Like, would it be somebody that you'd expect not to be? Um, well, not necessarily. I, I, you know, I, I've asked that same question of all the other people <laughs> that I've spoken to, and they have, they have automatically gone to midfielders. Yeah. I will say it's not a midfielder. Oh, look, would it be somebody like, would it be like a Jaden Hunt, potentially? Um, like, I know he's no longer there, but uh, Jaden Hunt or who else? <laughs> Is it the big man? Mm-hmm. Maxi? Max gone, yep. Yeah, I mean, he 50, did jump to mind as well, too. Yep. But yeah, what was it? 50? 58%. Yep, 58%. I mean, what, our, top, our top one would have to be close to like what Maisie or something like that, surely. I can tell you real quick. Give me half a second here. I can tell you. I've got I've got the footy wire page pulled up on my uh, computer. Of course, that page won't load right now, but let's see here. They <laughs> had uh, no, I can do disposal team averages for disposals. Uh, uh no, we're looking at disposal percentage. Efficiency. Yes, yes. Uh yeah, Stephen May had the highest at 84.8, Harrison Petty 84.2. There you go. Yep. Solid back long then. <laughs> there you go. There you go. All right. Um, Bailey Fritch has been the leading goal kicker for the D's the last three seasons, as you had mentioned. Who led the club in goals kicked in 2019? 2019. So who was the last person to lead the club in goals scored besides Bailey Fritch? Well, it wasn't Tom McDonald because I know he had a I'm pretty sure he had a shocking year 2019 after. 28 after a really good 2018. So in 2019, Hogan gone by then. Um, whoa, who else do you have up forward? <laughs> or who do you hope to have? Who'd hope to hope, hope to have up forward? Yeah. Uh, This this may be this may be pretty telling when you when 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 we go over the answer for this one you might go oh was it Cam Pedersen? I'm not sure he's playing with us. Christian Petrarca, 22-14. Yeah. Well, better percentage than he was this year, but yeah, (laughs) that's um, yeah, far out. There you go. Yeah, I've I I loved asking this question. You know, which who led the club in one percenters average for 2022? Who was the guy that did the right thing most times per game in 2022? I love that. I love that stat. I love that stat. 
the the whole idea of just it's it's kind of like just doing the right thing at the right time. Ah, uh, a little players like uh, something like a Tom Sparrow or even you know a Petty or a Jake Lever. Uh, obviously, haven't hit it yet. Uh, hmm. Jake Bowie didn't play enough last year. I can't like otherwise I'd say him. Um. Viney would be pretty close there as well, too. Yeah, I'm not sure. Stephen May. Stephen May. Stephen May. Six, 6.3. Oh. Yep, 6.3 yeah. per game. All right, two more questions for you here. <laughs> I don't think I've got any. We you, you got go. five of six of the first one. Oh, okay. that's not too bad. Um, and then yeah, but other than that, you, you've been <laughs> over. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's the offseason. <laughs> through, through, through the club's history, which club – have the D's defeated the most times? Who have they beaten Ooh. the most? Oh, and th- this one, this one might be easier than you think. And that's going to really anger some people that I talk to on a regular basis. <laughs> I don't know. Is it Geelong? No, it's not. Uh-huh. Uh-uh. It's not. <laughs> no, it's, it can't it's be. Not, uh-uh. um, who have we beaten the most? It's like club history, so we're going back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throughout the yeah throughout the history, yeah. Mm. Essendon, St Kilda, hundred and twenty four times. Yeah, there you go. and who's defeated Melbourne the most times? Oh. Sure, it's Geelong. And, and you hate <laughs> no, and you hate them for that. Oh, there you go. So Collingwood. Yep, hundred hundred and fifty three times. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Well, then I suppose they've been around nearly as long. Yeah. So okay. No, there you go. <laughs> now, how about the last one? The two players that have played 300 games for the D's. Yeah, so Nathan Jones mm-hmm. and Gary Lyon. No. Shit. No, this this is this per, this person is also the leading goal kicker in the history of the D's. Oh, David Neitz. David Neitz, yep. Yeah. Both both yeah. of them have kicked over 300, yep. Yeah. yeah, he had he had more than uh than Norm Smith as well. Yeah, there you go. So, it's too bad that the medal didn't get named after him because everybody could have said that. Hey, this is this is a really neat medal here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. So yeah, that's good. So where where can people find your podcast? Where can people find attention to detail? Yeah, so you can find so you can find attention to detail pretty much on all your favorite streaming services, so Spotify, Apple podcasts um google you know google podcast all, all all across there um and then we're across socials as well too so just on facebook instagram um and twitter is yeah a double t n to detail and the details got the double e so apologies okay. for the pun but uh <laughs> no, that's that it makes complete sense yeah it makes complete sense that it that it is that i mean it you know i, I think it you know if you started it with just the d-e-t-a-i-l after a while you would have thought why didn't we think to put the extra e in there so i, <laughs> I, I think, think that's some absolutely like, the right move yeah i, mean, it's, I think there's know, some like classical music uh podcast that's called attention to detail i know i remember looking it up beforehand so yeah. Yeah, you could get um a pretty rude shock if if you tuned into that one yeah and, and well, i just i just actually uh bought a domain for a, a second podcast that i'm going to be starting so i i just ah, bought nice. the domain for it last week so i'm uh I can safely say that because my wife doesn't listen to my podcast, so she won't hear this. <laughs> um, but hey, uh, Tim, I, I wish the uh, the D's 
all the luck in the world except for and i have to see which round they play the cats so you know of course we can't you know can't be uh round 15 round only, and only once this year right so i wish them yeah. best of luck every round except for round 15 and of course it's at gmhba i, don't, I can't remember the last time we played you at the g in regular at, well during uh, the regular season but do, do you know why because why? because the 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 buses that richmond or collingwood would ride on they don't know how to go south on the m1 they don't they, they don't know how they don't know how to what, what do you mean we've hit this the city limits in melbourne turn around we're not allowed to leave they don't they don't they don't know how to do that so yeah i i i i i understand it but it again it's you know it's it's one of those things that i just that's one of those things that i've had a hard time grasping as an American fan that, you know, that, that, you, that you get, you get the privilege of playing a home game at the other club's home ground. Yeah. I just, it's, it's, uh, I understand, you know, the capacity and butts and seats and that sort of thing, but it doesn't make it, you know, doesn't make it a mm-hmm. whole lot easier, which is why I, I love to sledge on uh, Richmond every once in a while when they, complain <laughs> about, when they complain about having to go play at Marvel. Yeah. No, no. Well, that's, that's, that's fair as well. So yeah, yeah, it's, yeah absolutely. I, you know, that, that 20 kilometer wide desert and a five kilometer <laughs> wide crock filled, you know, river they've got to get across to get from Hunt Road to Marble. And it's just, it's such a dangerous trip there. It is. <laughs> I've right. never been there, but I've heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and, and I guess they just installed, you know, one of Gil's last actions. He's got like a hundred meter wide uh, stretch of nothing but like uh, broken Lego pieces. And the team has to walk bare, <laughs> barefoot through that on the way there. <laughs> oh, man. And, and Damo has yeah. to lead the way. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fortunately, probably won't be too many Richard supporters listening to this one. But hey, Tim, no, thanks so much, man. I appreciate you coming on. My guest has been uh, Tim Langley uh, from the Attention to Detail podcast. I appreciate you taking time out of your morning, man. This was a lot of fun. Like I said, you you got a great club that you're supporting. Uh, the the fans that I and the supporters that I've spoken to, uh, in, including having been able to talk to to the club president. Mrs. Rafi, I, 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 I'm still shocked. I when she got appointed to that position, I sent I sent her an email on LinkedIn like two days later. I just sent, yeah, I congratulated her. You know, introduced who I was. I said, you know, sometime when the dust settles, I would love the chance to sit down and talk to you. Three days later, I get an email from her. Well, when do you yeah. want to sit down and talk? And and yeah. I I spent yeah. an hour talking to her, and then after you guys won, I just sent her an email saying, hey, congratulations. You know, it was a great you know great game and such. Like a week later, I get an email back from her again. It's like that stuff does not happen here in the United States. It doesn't yeah. happen here. That's one of that's one of the things that I absolutely love about your game. Our game, can I say uh, your game? Yeah, of course. That, uh, yeah, you know, that uh, that yeah. that it is that there that relationship between the supporters and the fans of the game and the club are it's unlike anything we have here. And I, I'm. I wish I had I had discovered it earlier in life, but uh, I mean I remember seeing it back in the '80s when it was on here, but didn't pay much attention with them. But I'm so glad that I've discovered it now because it's it's pretty much the only game I watch anymore. No, oh, pretty much go. it. No. So yeah, <laughs> no, awesome, Craig. No, thanks so much for having us, mate. It's you um, bet. No, been a, been a pleasure, and uh, yeah, look forward to chatting to you soon. You bet. Cheers. Thanks. All right, Tim. Thanks so very much for taking out time to chat with me. I know scheduling is not always the easiest thing to do when I'm 16 hours behind you. And I do appreciate you working around my schedule. Uh, it was a huge help. 
And folks, remember that you can find everything related to the podcast over at my website, ayankonthefooty.com. There are links to all of my socials, so if you can't remember where to find me on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, if you go to ayankonthefooty.com, it'll take you everywhere you need to go there. I do hope you'll get on the mailing list while you're over there. If you really enjoy the show, I hope that you will head there and click on the review button, leave me a five-star review and tell people why you love the podcast. That's a huge help. Gets it uh, hopefully in front of more people's eyes and ears. And if you want to help out the podcast and keep it afloat, that uh, buy me a coffee button in the bottom left-hand corner is a great way to do that, and I'd be much appreciated because that all gets rolled right back into keeping the podcast on the air. Now, folks, take a look, take, keep a lookout for one another. Check up on your friends. Make sure that they are doing well. Let them know you love them. Get out there for a coffee. If your club is playing a practice match coming soon, get out there and watch them. Cheer them on. I'd love to hear about it. And ladies and gents, like I said, take care of each other. I appreciate the kind words that I've received from all of you. This is a labor of love. I love your game. I appreciate the fact that you have shared it with me. Uh, you know, there have been some great D supporters that I have talked to. I, I would be remiss if I did not mess if I did not mention Peps. Um, yeah, Chris, you've been a you've been a huge friend of the podcast uh, over the last few years, and I cannot thank you enough for that. But folks, look out for one another. And as always, may your dribble kick never hit the post. I will catch you later. This has been episode 229 of A Yank on the Footy. Again, don't forget that you can reach me at yank underscore on or at yankonthefooty at gmail.com. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Just look for Yank on the Footy or Yank on the Footy podcast. I'm on LinkedIn as well if you happen to be over there. LinkedIn has a, a, been a great source for me in terms of finding people to, uh, to chat with on the podcast. I do hope that uh, you've enjoyed it. I do hope you will share the episode with your friends and family. It's, it's a huge help uh, to me. Uh, to get the podcast out in front of more people. And until next time, folks, goodbye.